2024 fantasy football drafts. They've already started, at least on underdog fantasy, before free agency, before the NFL draft. So we thought, Hayden, why not look at early ADP changes after just four days of drafting and what they can tell us about the trends that will happen this summer of drafting for 2024 fantasy football drafts. There's $2 million up for grabs, 200000 to first place. So <laughs> someone's winning this money. So let's hopefully uh, encourage them to draft. For everyone that is new to the channel, coming back to the channel, welcome. ADP, just for reference, is average draft position. It's just where the dude that you selected uh, on average by everyone out there is being selected by the public. So today we'll go through those climbing up drafts, those falling down drafts, um, start with the veteran players with both. And then we'll also hit on guys that are going to change teams that are free agents and also rookies because they are included in the big board even before having an NFL squad. Okay, Hayden, let's kick things off with the biggest climbers. And if you can see on this first graphic, the first number is where they opened drafts this past Monday. Now, Thursday recording is the second number. And the third number is this the percentage change that has been over that four-day period. So, Hayden, let's kick it off with third-year Arizona Cardinals tight end, Trey McBride, who opened at pick 114, now is being drafted at pick 80. That is only after Don Kincaid, and that is before Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Jake Ferguson at the position. I still think he has multiple rounds to climb. I have him ranked 56th overall, and that's assuming that the Cardinals select Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, one of these stud wide receivers with their fourth overall selection. They have Marquise Brown, uh, free agency stuff to sort through as well. But to me, Trey McBride with his last coaching staff was very clear that he was the focal point of the offense last year. Underneath intermediate screen game can do all that. But I do think that there's some juice down the field as well. Kyler Murray's second year in the system, second year coming off of that torn ACL. I'm expecting the Cardinals to go from one of the bottom 10 offenses in the league to maybe if they get lucky and kind of sort some of these things out to potentially a top 10 offense. I liked what this coaching staff did and everything's in line for Trey McBride, who I think on tape was just purely a difference maker. So these conversations are so much fun because we almost have to try to predict how these teams are going to be formed over the next few months as well. And obviously a major part of that is the Arizona Cardinals probably selecting Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four overall if he's there. And we don't know what they're going to do with their secondary pass catch or whether they bring Hollywood Brown back or whether they move on. I will add that Drew Petzing comes from the Kevin Stefanski tree. And just speaking with Colt McCoy, who let's say has some experience in this offense, the primary reads are often built around the tight end. So totally understand bringing the number four overall pick and thinking that this rookie can be a superstar, which he can be. That to me is not going to take away from opportunities that we have seen from Trey McBride that led him to weeks of the tight end 10 overall, tight end two, tight end three, tight end seven, tight end two, tight end five, tight end five, right? And so he is also, as an individual talent on top of that opportunity share, fantastic. He's a dog. He is athletic. He can win in his own after the catch. He can beat isolated man coverage if it's against a safety or a corner or a linebacker, so on and so forth. So in this offense, to me, Trey McBride, I am with you that this isn't the end of climbing up to uh, 80th overall pick. We could see maybe 10, 12 more selections on top of that. I have it Sam Laporta, then Mark Andrews, then Trey McBride, and George Kittle. Those are my top four. Okay. Travis Kelsey. It is a shock to the system, Hayden, when you open up the ADP list right now on Underdog and see that he's going as pick 45 now. That opened as pick 50. What do you think? 
I'm not drafting him here. Um, I think that we're going to have some news right after the Super Bowl. Oh. There's obviously retirement risk. Uh, Mich- Michelle Tafoya, who worked with NBC, she predicted that Kelsey would retire and then join NBC up in the booth. Obviously, it's all speculation. We don't know if he's going to retire or not. Obviously, he's got billionaire stuff to figure out on the on the side. Uh, so things are going well for Travis Kelsey. I think this like 45th overall range is kind of yeah. where I would be drafting him if I knew for a fact he would be out there and ready to go. This last year, he finished at 56 overall on fantasy points over replacement per game. Obviously, he turned it on throughout the playoff run. So you know that he has some juice. But I think at this point in the career, the Chiefs are going to be making the postseason. It wouldn't be surprised, even if he did return, that he doesn't have to be the exact focal point that we see in the playoffs or what we saw a couple years ago. So to me, this is a little bit too rich for me. I hope he plays for another season, but I think it's certainly possible that he rides into the sunset with Taylor Swift. So he is the tight end two off the board. We'll get to the tight end one here in a moment. Um, That is a drastic difference versus where the top two tight ends were being selected last year. Obviously, in the middle of the first round, you had to take Travis Kelsey. And then Mark Andrews was going somewhere at the end of round two, middle round two, middle part of round three for the cycle of fantasy football drafts. So we're already getting a discount on top of that. And as we have seen, I understand it was more so hit or miss of the entire offense for the vast majority of the season. But if Travis Kelsey does return, as we have seen in the playoffs, he can still have the right to get open and create production. So uh, the only hurdle is if he does return for next season. Okay. Number three, biggest climber. We love to see it. It's Drake London, a 10% increase from pick 54 to pick 49. It's a whole new world in Atlanta, Hayden. We've been waiting for it. Raheem Morris comes in, but maybe more importantly for the offense, Zach Robinson comes in. What are your early thoughts here on Drake London? I don't know everything about Zach Robinson. I said that he was highly coveted uh, throughout this OC cycle out there. And I think the bigger news for me is not going to be the coaching staff. It's going to be the quarterback upgrade. We don't know who that's going to be, whether that's a rookie like Jaden Daniels, whether that's somebody like Russell Wilson. Is it trading for Justin Fields? Is it Ryan Tannehill? Whoever it is, all I know is that guy's very likely to be much better than what they trotted out this last year. To me, whenever I watch Drake London, he looks like a potential top 10, top 15 NFL wide receiver. I have him ranked 38th overall. I want to be bullish on Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson because I think in a couple months, maybe next month, uh, to kick off free agency and with the Justin Fields sweepstakes, I think the Falcons are going to wake up and all of a sudden have the quarterback that we can kind of rely on, and we just have not had that uh, throughout Drake London's career. We talked about Arthur Smith now being the play caller of the Pittsburgh Steelers and what his offense was like actually in a previous video. Go and check that one out. Um, as a run game designer, he was a lot of fun. As a get your best players the football series in, series out, he could use some work. And I think a big part of that was, you know, Drake London and Cal Pitts working the intermediate and downfield portions of the field. To me, Drake London can be more than that. Drake oh, yeah. London can be a legit primary alpha wide receiver out there, whether it's closer line of scrimmage, whether it's the middle of the field, whether it's outside the numbers, down the field, wherever Drake London can win in isolation. And hopefully Zach Robinson is the mm-hmm. type that will get that out of him consistently, the quarterback on top of that. And this offensive line is in place too, mm-hmm. where like the stability um, of the foundation of that grouping should be really strong heading into 2024. I'm really, once again, all in on Drake London ahead of the season. Back at USC, he would be used heavily in the screen game as well. So there's there's a lot of room for more fun design with him. Okay, last one. Jamison Williams 
in four days has moved from pick 125 to pick 112. We did get some news in that span of time. Ben Johnson has returned to the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. I will add that Jamison Williams, despite his first-round pedigree, and some because rehabbing from an injury, some because of the gambling suspension, has never been a series-in, series-out threat just in terms of snap counts. Um, It sounds funny, and people might laugh. I think it's a pretty big deal that Josh Reynolds is a free agent because if he departs, then there is a space in two wide receiver sets for Jamison Williams to potentially be a two wide receiver set player. But my biggest question here with Jamison Williams is can he graduate from being a splash player to being a consistent member of this passing game? Even just this this last NFC championship round, that touchdown, that was a designed run. So I think there's a lot for Jamison Williams to continue to work on. Is he going to be a two wide receiver set player? I'm not sure about that, but Ben Johnson returning is a huge deal. I flip-flopped like Amon Ross St. Brown ahead of Puka. I've moved Tamir Gibbs ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I moved Sam Laporta up a couple rounds, David uh, Montgomery up a couple rounds. I think that Jared Goff is an intriguing option just because that's what Ben Johnson does. I'm just not exactly sold on Jameson Williams earning that number two wide receiver pedigree in this offense. And even if he is the number two wide receiver, Amon Ra, Laporta, Gibbs, and David Montgomery are still would be ahead of him. So I get it best, better in best ball type of player. I just think that there's better versions of this type of archetype at this point. Just to mention some wide receivers being drafted around Jameson Williams right now. Hollywood Brown is being selected 10 spots He's earlier. Better. Hollywood yeah. Brown is better. And then right next to Jameson Williams, and maybe I'm falling on the sword here, is Jahan Dotson. And like Jahan Dotson is going to be a two wide receiver set player with the Washington Commanders. Now, are there more questions about who that quarterback is and who that play caller is going to be and what that offense looks like than what we have locked in with Ben Johnson and Jared Goff? 100%. But do I know that Jahan Dotson can score touchdowns? Do I still think he's talented despite his 2023 season? Yes. So I will be selecting someone like Jahan Dotson ahead of Jameson Williams, despite all of the splash game changing moments that we've had. I'm with you. Okay, that was all the veterans that have climbed the most. I actually wanted to include an entire chunk of second-year players that have climbed up because, as we know, all of you love, love, love to draft second-year players, especially wide receivers. And we'll kick that off, Hayden, with Tank Dell. He's moved from pick 45 to pick 36. That is a 19% increase. That is only after, or I should say recently after, Chris Olave, Michael Pittman, and Mike Evans at wide receiver and ahead of the names like Devontae Smith, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, and Jalen Waddle. That's a pretty seismic shift. Those All those players that you kind of named fit the kind of build that Tank Dell is to me, which is an explosive downfield player, arguably more a number two than a number one. But when you have C.J. Stroud, he can keep both of these two alive. Last season, Tank Dell on a per-game basis was the 22nd overall player and fantasy points over replacement per game. Nico Collins was 20th in that same exact metric. Both are returning. C.J. Stroud, I think, is going to be a round five pick. He can keep both of these guys around. The only downside right now, Tank Dell, is we still have the injury uh, uncertainty. It seems like he's probably going to be back for training camp. I think I've even seen pictures of him recently without even a walking boot on. Right. So I, 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 I don't even want to take that into consideration all that much. We've talked about in previous episodes, the Texans have all of this money to bring in more options to kind of fill in this like Noah Brown, Robert Woods type of role. But I think that Nico Collins and Tank Dell showed enough to be the true one, two punch in this oh. offense. And CJ Stroud is so dominant that I think that we could be 
drafting Tank Dell, I have him 30th overall, a wide receiver two in ranking, just because that's what he was last year when CD Stroud and Tank Dell were rookies. And by the way, we're giving all this pub to Ben Johnson returning. We get Bobby Bobby Sloak back as well. Totally. Bobby Sloak is massive for this. And honestly, there were games that Tank Dell and Nico Collins did overlap that obviously Tank Dell did outscore Nico Mm -hmm. Collins. There are also portions of the season where we saw Nico Collins as the primary pass catcher without Tank Dell and Tank Dell as a primary pass catcher without Nico Collins. I just love how Tank Dell plays the game of football. I mean, the way he always has cornerbacks on their toes and on their heels and his ability to threaten vertically and then work back to the football. He also plays bigger than his frame. Mm -hmm. It's such a great pairing of like size, speed, machine, and then also this burner who can get over the top. And especially Hayden, I know people say these things don't matter, but especially if the rushing game can be even more efficient, maybe we can get even more downfield shots. More touchdowns, more first downs, the whole thing. Uh, By the way, Nico Collins, whenever I post my rankings or people post uh, draft boards from underdog, Nico Collins is going like 14th, 15th, 16th overall. People are freaking out too high. Man, that's exactly what he was this last year. And then in playoffs goes crazy again. Yep. Okay. Next one is Zay Flowers. He has moved from pick 62 to 52 in just four days. That is a 16% shift. Um, he is going right after Drake London, who we just previously spoke about in Cooper Cup, but before other names like Jaden Reed, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, JSN. My first initial thought on Zay Flowers was, man, 52 is pretty rich. But then I looked at it and I looked at the names like George Pickens. I looked at the names like JSN. I would much rather have Zay Flowers than either of those two guys that we just talked about. It seems like we're going to be drafting Lamar Jackson like around ahead of Zay Flowers. I think it's going to be a very popular pairing. It's going to go like Lamar, then Mark Andrews, then Zay Flowers. And that seems appropriate. I, I do think that the Ravens should upgrade their number two wide receiver spot over Bateman. Odell Beckham is a free agent, really didn't do all that much. I'm, I still think that the Ravens could add another piece to this pass game, which could take away from Zay Flowers. But yeah, the explosiveness, it's, it's there for a best ball type of player. Um, I still have my concerns of Zay Flowers being like a true elite number one wide receiver. I think there's a little bit of a cap to his game, but obviously you want some Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers bolts for best ball tournaments. And Todd Monken is another name that is returning to this team. The thing about Zay Flowers was early on the season, he wasn't that consistent producer in each series. They almost had to manufacture touches for him. And we did not see consistency as like an intermediate or downfield player. Right. And honestly, we didn't get, a hundred yard receiving game from him until week 17. Obviously he hit that once again in the third round of the playoffs with 115 yards. I think he has the skills that he can win those intermediate and downfield routes more consistently, obviously calling them quarterback play other great assets that this offense has are all pieces and parts of it. But I do think that we saw more development in the second half of the season that puts him ahead of mm-hmm. other second year breakout names, a la JSN in my mind. Last year, he finished 74th overall in fancy points over replacement per game. I think that Zay is like the perfect candidate to take a little bit of a second year leap. So I'm not like thrilled to draft him 50th overall, but I think that's probably pretty appropriate. Okay. Let's talk about the tight end one overall. That is Sam Laporta moving from 44th overall pick to the 37th overall pick. As I just mentioned, he is the tight end one overall. And two things here, Hayden, I mentioned at the top, you don't have to select the number one tight end now until the end of the third round, the start of the fourth round. 
And also, it's a young dude versus older dudes that we were drafting last year in Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and George Kittle at the position. Yeah, I think that he's going to settle in kind of this like round three, four type of range. And man, he was the best rookie tight end ever. And he looks the part. He's on a team that retains basically everybody. So he was already the 47th overall player last year. Throw on a little bit of uh, extra sauce on top of that. I have him ranked 36th overall. I think that's kind of where he's going to settle. Um, dude's an absolute monster. He is. I mean, Ben Johnson perfectly utilizes him too. And this is quite different to me than the Kyle Pitts rookie season where we got a thousand yards and he was the first tight end to do that in his rookie season in a very long time because Sam Laporta wins everywhere, you know? He's a legit tight end in terms of, hey, we can line you up in line. We can do speed motions, fly motions on top of that. We can get you in the screen game. Then you can work against safeties and corners over the middle of the field and create these pockets for you. I talked about it in stats versus film throughout the season. There's going to be a moment, and shit, it might happen this year, that Sam Laporta is viewed as the best tight end in football because he can do everything. And now he's associated to... To me, where play calling does matter for tight ends, a offensive coordinator that creates these cavities for him, and that allows him to even create even more after the catch. Yep. Love Sam Laporta. Uh, just interesting. I've been a late round tight end guy this year. Just looking at it, players like Laporta, McBride, Brock Bowers, Jake Ferguson with Dak Prescott, David Njoku, Dalton Kincaid, Kyle Pitts. That's a lot of young tight ends and decent offenses and good opportunities. So I think I'm going to start drafting some of these elite tight ends again. Yeah. Just to mention where Sam Lepore is being drafted again, 37th overall ish. That is right after Lamar Jackson tanked out just before Devonte Smith, Patrick Mahomes. So you can decide if you want one of those onesie positions of quarterback or potentially Sam Laporta. Okay. Rasheed Rice, the people are in love. Hayden, he has moved from, 26th overall pick, the 22nd overall pick. Doesn't sound like a lot in four or five spots, but that is a 15% increase. What are your thoughts on Rasheed Rice as he is still playing, finishing out his rookie season? Very conflicted. I think that this one's going to move a lot throughout the offseason. One, we have the Travis Kelsey retirement, which will change uh, target shares and all of those metrics. We also have the potential for the Chiefs to completely overhaul their wide receiver group is basically impossible to have a worse wide receiver group around Rasheed Rice. So obviously they would be scheming him up the ball even more. They can like swap out MVS for like a first round wide receiver, for example. And I think that would hurt Rasheed Rice. I think just in general, when you're attached to Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be a third, fourth round picker above no matter what. Yeah. If they don't add the right person, if Travis Kelsey does retire, I think that he can sneak into like the back half of round two. I think he's a yard after the catch explosive player. I think there's, room for improvement in the other areas. Do we think that he can do that in year two? Certainly possible. He can also kind of be stuck in this kind of range, similar to the conversation we have with Zay Flowers, where uh, the explosiveness is there, but is the rest of the game there? And it's a little bit rich to draft him where he is. Um, but if Travis Kelsey retires, I do think that he's going to start being drafted like 22nd, 23rd overall. Just to put some context of where he's being drafted, uh, it's right after Debo Samuel and Brent Ayuk. Funny that these guys are forever linked uh, ahead of Stefan Diggs, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Devontae Adams. I mean, Hayden, I understand Debo is a similar yards after catch, albeit he is Debo Samuel has been doing it for a very long time. My slight problem in question is all those dudes are individual route runners that create separation on their own. And I really do appreciate someone 
who was clearly the best yards after catch threat on his team. That is attached to the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. But when I went back and watched Rasheed Rice all season long, I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. There were about seven downfield routes that he, yeah. he ran and like one. And so I, I guess that is my biggest concern in the same exact question that you presented of if he graduates and does more of that, then he's absolutely deserving of this. But you're taking a leap. But in a way, can he really fail? Can he fail because he does something that is really important already that he's attached to an offense that we know is going to sustain success? Yeah, I think it's just going to be, is it what part of the third round are we going to be drafting? I would not rule out that like a Brian Thomas or one of these rookies coming in there and like being the. They could also pay money for a veteran too, especially if Travis Kelsey retires, you know? Right. Like also the question that cannot be answered is how different is the Chiefs passing game going to look once Travis Kelsey does retire? Right. You know, because he is the piece that everything else kind of revolves around Mm -hmm. in a way. He is the consistent. Okay. Now we'll close it out with uh, a guy I will never, never stop. Yes, sir. Anthony Richardson, 74th to now 64th overall selection. That is a 13% increase. Is that even enough, Hayden? (laughs) Well, I don't think it is because I rank him a little bit higher than that. Uh, Just the context of where he's being selected right now. So the quarterback one is Josh Allen. The quarterback two is Jalen Hurts. Then it's Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, and then it's Anthony Richardson. So Mm -hmm. despite missing... Basically, his entire rookie season, you're having to draft him, and correct me if I'm wrong, as the quarterback six overall right now. Yeah, I have him like right in that area. I think this is totally appropriate. The top, like, I'll say the top 13 quarterbacks this year look really good because, like, even after him, though, I have it like Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, and then you can tell like Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff. Like, the the top 15 ish quarterbacks are all really good. They just don't have that insane ceiling in the mid part of the round that Anthony Richardson at least has. When you watch him on tape, the design runs are there. The scrambling abilities there. The negative plays aren't there because he's, he's impossible to, to sack. He's got awareness, but he's also too big and strong. And the downfield passing was there. I think maybe a little bit better than most people expected. You have Michael Pittman playing on the franchise tag or an extension. So I think this is totally justifiable, um, but it's going to be a little bit riskier than the other people around him. I was hoping we'd get more of a discount. I think in your home leagues, you will, because maybe people had this perception of him coming out of Florida that you and I never did. We mm-hmm. thought he you know, was just raw and not necessarily a project. I can tell you that the Colt staff absolutely loves Anthony Richardson and expect a massive season from him this season. Hayden, when we talked about those top quarterbacks, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, Mahomes, Stroud, only one of those guys does not have rushing production, rushing potential. It's easily in the realm of possibility to me that Anthony Richardson outscores CJ Stroud this upcoming season, too. Yeah, certainly. I think like the absolute ceiling is higher for Anthony Richardson. Just what about like Justin Fields or Anthony Richardson? Like who who would you rather? Oh, have? I'm I'm taking Anthony Richardson. Okay. I, I have no I'm doubt in my right mind. now, but I, like the more I think about it, I think I just want to chase the ceiling that Anthony Richardson certainly has. And Justin Fields has had more than enough time to prove that he has that. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a very spicy name. I, I'm with you though. I think underdog fantasy drafters are going to be on him, and I'm hoping you on your other leagues right. will be able to draft him. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be talking about him a lot in the differences of, I don't know, the the Yahoo, the ESPN ADPs mm-hmm. versus obviously the underdog ADPs. And just the non-quarterbacks being drafted around him right now are Nick Chubb and George Kittle. Have you ever been on vacation 
after a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals underdog. Okay, there's one more second-year player that is not on this list I did want to bring up, and that is Tajay Spears. Uh, 92 is where he opened. He's now being drafted at pick 81. That is a 12% increase. Okay. We know new head coach and play caller in Tennessee is Brian Callahan. We know that Derrick Henry is also a free agent has basically said his goodbyes to the team. We know that when Derrick Henry, albeit with a different staff and a different play caller went down for fourth quarters or second halves. Tajay Spears stepped in there as a true three down back. Rand Carthon, the general manager who drafted him, has called him a three down back. Hayden, he's being drafted behind Dave Montgomery and James Conner right now, but ahead of names like Najee Harris, Raheem Raheem Mostert, and Brian Robinson. Fair? I think I have him ranked a little bit higher. I have him at 69th overall. He's at least on the same profile as like the James Cook and Rashad White's year two kind of pass down finesse type of backs that exploded and were absolutely fantastic picks out there. There's a little bit less certainty with him because the injury history, his size will Levis probably on the bottom half of quarterbacks, uh, bad, really, I mean, really bad offense line, but they're probably going to draft a, a tackle early on. And then they all always have the a, addition of throwing in somebody to compliment him. So this one's going to go back and forth. I want, I think it's smarter to be ahead right now and then let the steam catch up. And then maybe at that point we can have like the, the tougher decision. But I think right now he's a year two player with explosiveness. I think that's probably worth the gamble. He is so electric. And he was one of those players that in seven touches could change a game, could change his fantasy line. What if that gets to 17? What if that gets mm-hmm. to 19? You know, at, Brian Callahan, we know nothing about him as a play caller. I know he like has been a designer with Zach Taylor for a Joe Burrow offense, healthy, injured, and then a Jake Browning mm-hmm. offense. But like, if this backfield room stays the same, I'm going to draft a ton of Tajay Spears if yeah. it's around that pick of where you're saying it, 69th overall. Yeah, I, I think like the downside risk would be like he kind of stays in this Jalen Warren zone. They bring so, somebody else and just can't fully grasp that, even though we think he's a decent player. Big point on that, because I, I think you hit it on the head where you mentioned Rashad White and James Cook, because these are somewhat similar profiles of guys who can definitely thrive out in space and after the catch. One team trusted that guy inside the red zone, inside the 10 yard line, inside the five yard line, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One team did not in the Buffalo Bills and James Cook. So that's always a nugget that we want from the play callers, from the Mm -hmm. position coach of if who they trust in that dynamic. And if that is Tajay Spears, then the touchdown upside is so much larger. And that is a difference to me on some level of a Rashad White to a James Cook. 
I just wish Will Levis was Josh Allen. And I, I wish that Will Levis even was Baker Mayfield from this year. You know, that could be a huge part of this equation too. Huge part of it. Okay. Hayden has mentioned his rankings. You can find those in the description down below. You can also find a link to draft on the big board right now or the little board, whatever the tournament is at this moment. Um, again, this is the quick movement in four days. As you can tell, we also have different ranks from this ADP movement. So go and draft right now based on what we're saying. If you agree with it, if you disagree with ADP, so on and so forth, because uh, now is the time to do it. Okay, so we've done climbers. Let's do fallers. What a segue. Rashad White tops this list. Going from the 20th overall pick to the 27th overall pick, that's a 34% decrease, Hayden. Okay, we know they lost Dave Canales. We don't know who his new offensive coordinator is going to be at this time. The receiving work last year after week five was massive. And that was pivotal in his season because they like to run the ball, but they were very inefficient running the ball. Now they keep their offensive line. There's a chance that they get more efficient running the football because their offensive line coach and run game coordinator went with Dave Canales to the Carolina Panthers. Where are you at right now with Rashad White? Very tough uh, equation here as well. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be because Baker Mayfield's a free agent. I think that the Buccaneers were running really pure when it came to injury luck. Maybe there's a worse team, but Rashad White was also the 24th overall player last year, and he did that without a perfect situation. I think the Bucs are ripe for adding another back to this backfield. Like the, the, the number two running back for Tampa Bay last year was horrific for most of the season. So maybe Rashad White loses some playing time around there. This one's tough because he's, He's kind of dead zony a little bit to me just because there's team concerns. I think that Rashad White's a good player, but is he the perfect all-around player? I'm not sure. So somebody else can come in there and eat some opportunities. But he is young, and he does catch passes, and that's kind of the good profile here. So I have a more of a third-round pick, a late third-round pick, rather than this like second-ish, third-ish round pick that he is. So uh, this one's going to be impossible to, to predict until we know where Baker Mayfield is, where Will Levis is, and who's even calling plays. Mike Evans. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is being drafted one spot ahead of Rashad White. I want then Pacheco. The two running backs after him, I believe, are Travis Etienne and James Cook. Um, I I wish I had gone back and watched these 50-minute interviews that Dave Canales gave prior to last season because he was hyping up Rashad White. And we just need to hear the exact same thing from whoever's going to call plays this year because, I mean – people were giving you Sean Tucker suggestions last year. And then, right. you know, it was Chase Edmonds or Keyshawn Vaughn were the other names. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was pretty easy for Rashad white to climb to the top of that list. You and I actually were big fans of Rashad white coming out of Arizona state. But again, it fits in that profile of, okay, what if Todd Bowles and whoever else now um, is calling plays and they say, Oh, we were super inefficient last year. That means you have to get a new back. We've got to get a big back because big that's back. That's the ideal perception yeah. of, of winning in that area. Mm -hmm. Like we saw it in Jacksonville. And even when you bring someone in, then that doesn't mean that right. they actually get the job. So mm -hmm. Rashad White is definitely ahead of that list. Again, you have to draft him at pick 27, though. Okay, now we'll go to DK Metcalf, Hayden. Pick 22 to now the 29th overall selection, a 30% decrease. Your thoughts on DK? There's a chance that Tyler Lockett is cut uh, this year, but... I'm pretty neutral. I think DK Metcalf's kind of been this third round player for the last couple of years, much better in best ball than he is because he's not that consistent uh, for your like regular redraft leagues. So yeah, I think that 22 was probably a little bit rich 
for him because he hasn't been like that top 20 overall player throughout his career. But I, I love Geno Smith. There's a chance that the offensive line is just better this year because they're going to be healthier. Uh, we'll see who is exactly calling plays. Would be like Shane Waldron. And yeah, we'll see what happens with Tyler Lockett. I think JSN is not going to really compete with DK Metcalf or like that true alpha dog mentality. So yeah, I think that he's like the definition of like a better and best ball late third round pick. This is one of my favorites. Ramondre Stevenson from pick 53 down all the way to pick 64, a yeah. 21% move. Hayden, this is after Austin Eckler, after Derrick Henry, before Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. I would kind of rework that entire order at this moment, but totally get that Gerard Mayo's coming in. Totally get that we don't even know who the offensive play caller is. Totally get we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. It was a miserable season after everyone drafted Ramondre Stevenson early this past year. I think Ramondre Stevenson is still super talented. I want all I can get at this spot. Two years ago, he was a top 36 overall player, very clearly. This last year, he finished, let's see, 69th overall in the worst environment imaginable. It sounds like that Jaden Daniels or Drake May is going to be up there, so they're going to get the quarterback position at least a shot. No, no Zeke Elliott. I know that Ramondre Stevenson could score goal line touchdowns. I know he can catch the ball. So Ramondre Stevenson, I'm at 50th overall. So I actually would have moved him the other direction from where ADP is. So I'm going to be fading the public on this one. I just think he's a good player and they don't have that many weapons around him. Like no matter who the new quarterback and play caller is, like Ramondre Stevenson is at the top of the list for who you're trying to get the ball to. Yeah. And I guarantee you they're going to try to get the offensive line right too. This is to me one of the best values in drafts right now. Okay, next. Alvin Kamara from 43rd overall to 51 overall. Uh, let's say nothing is really changing from the personnel standpoint. You're still keeping Derek Carr. You're keeping a bunch of these offensive linemen. You're keeping Chris Olave. You're keeping these tight ends that they have. They are going to have a new offensive coordinator. We don't know who that's going to be. But I feel like Derek Carr still being at quarterback is the pivotal piece to Alvin Kamara having success because, hey, let's check it down and get the ball to Alvin Kamara who might get 13 targets in any mm-hmm. given game. That's the key to me is just handicapping the Saints offseason. Basically, everyone on the roster, aside from Michael Thomas, is going to stay on this roster. That includes all three of the running backs. Alvin Kamara was a 15th overall player last year. So, like, the fact that he's dropping all the way to 51, I get it. He's an older player, probably didn't look as good last year. Um, but is this I think the Andrew Miller effect, too? Right, but, I mean... Like, should we pretend like how much faith should we pretend? Totally. Kendrick Miller was like a borderline day two, day three player. And I thought Alvin Kamara looked great last year. We've also seen him in split backfields be productive in the past, too. Like, again, I don't think Kendrick Miller is going to eat into what Alvin Kamara, what makes Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Mm -hmm. you know? And I also think that makes sense. I also think that. The Carmichael, we 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 had some issues with the Saints offense last couple of years. Like whoever, like the next OC, like there's a chance like that's a upgrade. Yeah. He's going right next to Josh Jacobs at this moment. Um, which if Josh Jacobs returns to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, I'd probably rather have Josh Jacobs. Well, I think those names, Alvin Kamara, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Jacobs, like these like dead zone kind of running backs, yeah. they were they used to be third round picks. Like yep. we're getting them in the fifth, sixth round now. We'll close this group out. I actually got two more for this, but Justin Fields is next 58 to 66. I think it's almost impossible to speak about Justin Fields. Cover your ears. Chicago bears fans, many of you, cause you still want him and believe you're going to build around him. It's not happening. Caleb Williams is going to be the pick at number one and Justin Fields is going to be somewhere else. Um, it's, it's difficult because Justin Fields was able to be Justin Fields at the Chicago bears. And obviously 
a swath of his productive games came from his ability to create magic and run with the football, you would think that whatever team does trade for him will allow him to do the same exact thing. What do you think the odds are that his next team is a better environment? Talk about play caller like Luke Getze was not that uh, highly sought after after being fired. The offensive line was very up and down in Chicago. He had DJ Moore and Cole Komet, but nobody else. Like To me, I, I would say the most likely outcome in his next spot is a little bit better of a fantasy environment. And last year, he was 71st overall in this per-game metric. So... I kind of like Justin Fields. Like the problem though is like we just mentioned all those quarterbacks: Joe Burrow, Anthony Richardson, like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. They're all going right there. I like all of these quarterbacks early on, so I think it's going to be kind of dependent on stacking. I think that's one of the reasons why he's falling right now is you don't know who to stack him with because you don't know what team he's going to be playing for. If I had to guess, the short list would be the Falcons, the Raiders, maybe the Steelers, maybe the Patriots. I guess, but I think it's going to be the Falcons or the the Raiders make the most sense to me. And I think those would be decent spots for him. Yeah. Just looking through this pretty obvious that his unknown destination is a factor because some quarterbacks after him and Dak Prescott, you know where he's playing Justin Herbert, you know where he's playing Joe Burrow, you know where he's playing, right? So he is the only one among this top grouping that you have no clue about. Um, okay. Two more names I wanted to bring up. Um, first Tyler Lockett going from 97 to 109. Hayden, do you think that drafters are just listening to your suggestion that they might not be on the team? Well, I think it's just not even that. Like, how much juice does Tyler Lockett have? If he stays on the team, you would expect JSN to have a better season. He was pretty much unheard of throughout his rookie season. So he was already the 94th overall in this metric I look at. I have him ranked 116th overall. I think there's a chance that he gets released. If he does get released, I would view that as a bad sign for his draft status in, in fantasy drafts. So I think this is kind of like the age cliff is approaching. And I, I, I think I saw it last year a little bit, like the difference between two and three years ago, Tyler Lockett and last year, I would say I started to notice a difference. And that's kind of one of the things that we talk about on our channel is once you kind of see the age cliff happening, the next year is when you're supposed to be out. It kind of rocked my system that he is now being drafted a few, few spots after Mike Williams and Jacoby Myers. Um, I know Jacoby Myers to open last year was fantastic. That was also a Josh McDaniels offense. Now we get Antonio Pierce back and they're going to run right. the football a lot. And in those games, Jacoby Myers was very hit or miss. He was invisible mm -hmm. in some of them. And we literally don't know what Mike Evans is at this point, right. who he is playing for. Um, there's a big difference in, to me, Mike Williams playing with Justin Herbert healthy versus now coming off an injury and potentially going somewhere else. So mm -hmm. I would rather have Tyra Lockett than both of those players. But or would you rather wait two rounds and draft one of these rookie wide receivers yeah. that could be drafted in like their late round one, early round two part of the thing and roll the upside? Like I don't see Tyler Lockett returning to like top 50 overall player anymore. Maybe one of these rookies that gets drafted around them could shoot up way up the board. Um, so I think I'm going to pass on him right now. OK, just one more. Josh Palmer, 117 down to 132, 13 percent change assumption to me that the chargers are drafting a wide receiver at five. And so if they keep Keenan Allen too, then that pushes Josh Palmer to the wide receiver three slash four territory, uh, depending on if you believe that Quentin Johnson might beat him out for a True. spot. I mean, but Josh Palmer was right. leaps and bounds better than Quentin Johnson this past season. I, there could be value in this pick 
if the Chargers do not take a wide receiver at pick five, that if they do take an offensive lineman. And if that's the case, then you get a two wide receiver set player attached to Justin Herbert at pick 132. Right. And there's a chance that Keenan Allen just it doesn't have the season that he had last year. It's going to be very hard for him to do that a year older. Fifth overall, it's the Malik Neighbors guy who I think is fantastic. And yeah, we'll talk about Brock, it in a moment. Brock Bowers, who is an elite, like short yardage guy tight ends by the way harbaugh's offenses historically have really prioritized the tight end so i know that brock powers is going to be on the Chargers short list and then it could be one of these tackles so i'm with you uh the other thing i thought about though quentin johnson he had like 163 yards in that game against harbaugh uh i think that harbaugh knows a little bit of ball and realizes those were just like blown blitzes and a little bit yards after the catch appeal i'm with you though i want to draft uh, Palmer over Quentin Johnson, no matter what. And I think we're just kind of flipping the coin. Is it going to be Malik neighbors or is it going to be Brock Bowers or is it going to be a tight end? And I got to throw it in there to street here. I believe this is also going to be Josh Palmer's contract season. Mm-hmm. We know contract seasons bring big production. Okay. It's, it's scientifically proven. Okay. We'll close this out with some free agents and some rookies. Um, let's just go both of these together. Okay. Austin Eckler has dropped 20% from 47th overall to 59th overall. And so is Eric Henry, dropped 13% from 51st overall to 59th overall. It blows my mind that people are drafting these two next to each other because we're talking about this ahead of free agency. Philosophically, a team is going to bring Derek Henry in to score touchdowns and to be the dude. I think it's going to be far less likely for Austin Eckler to get the contract or the opportunity to be the dude in the same way as Derrick Henry coming up in yeah. March when these teams sign. Derrick Henry is just way better than Austin Eckler at this point. So uh, last year, Derrick Henry finished 23rd overall on the Titans. What if he goes to the Cowboys or to the Texans to run the ball? Those are teams that need to be able to run the ball. After what happened last year, that would be a better environment than what he had with the Titans. Obviously, it's his age 30 season, but I have Derrick Henry ranked 47th overall, and I'm very encouraged to see where he's going to land because some of the best offenses in the league need a running back. And then I'm with you on Austin Eckler as well. I think he's going to be more destined to the Tyje Spears, Antonio Gibson role. So where you're the, you're the third down guy. Like, yeah. and it's not going to be Justin Herbert's third down guy, most likely. So uh, we'll see what happens with Austin Eckler. I have him completely buried, loved Austin Eckler throughout his career, but there was a very clearly signs of decline. And Derek Henry's not the same exact player as he once was, but damn, is he still one of the best short yardage backs in the league? And this is half PPR. Yeah. Derrick Henry will be brought in for touchdowns. Austin Eckler will be brought in as like a luxury player, I think, yeah. as like a, a role player in mm-hmm. some way. Okay. Two more. Calvin Ridley, 71 to 65%, or 65, I should say. J.K. Dobbins, 240 up to 215. I think just quickly with J.K. Dobbins, he should be drafted. This is a drastic knee injury he's coming back from. Um but he's also a free agent. We don't know where he's going to land. And a torn so, Achilles. And a torn Achilles. <laughs> like, it, it's it's pretty significant. Maybe I should take yeah. that back. Anyways, Calvin Ridley from 71 to 65. I went back and watched Trent Baalke's press conference. Okay. He sounded like he did want to bring Calvin Ridley back. Never a single mention of, well, we'll have to weigh the second round pick versus the okay. third round pick. Now, he also mentioned Josh Allen, uh, the edge rusher, that he is 100% coming back. So, no matter what, that's the franchise tag. So the franchise tag route isn't going to happen for Calvin Ridley, but it does sound like the Jaguars do want to bring Ridley back. Okay, with that, I because I heard the same thing. I ranked Calvin Ridley up to 58th overall because I think him returning is the best case scenario for his own 
fantasy stock and Calvin Ridley last year was a 54th overall player. And that was a season filled with near touchdowns. So there's a chance that those just kind of bounce back. He talked about that. He just needed a little bit more time to learn the offense, develop some chemistry, get back uh, with his legs underneath them. So there's a chance he is, I think like 30 years old, um, which is a little bit (laughs) scary for somebody uh, trying to get his his long-term extension. But if he's back with Jacksonville, I do think that he is kind of a fifth round pick and I would draft him slightly ahead of Christian Kirk again. Okay, talk to me about Brock Bowers. Uh, right now, he is the uh, 94th overall pick. He was the 108th overall pick, so he's climbed 13%. He is he's a special player. He is going to get drafted like Kyle Pitts, like top five, top 10 overall. He's not like Kyle Pitts, though. Kyle Pitts was put him on the perimeter and run post and goes and big crossing routes and like let him but not easy field. stuff. Yes, almost like a wide receiver. Brock Bowers flats screens little check down opportunities and this guy was an impossible dude to break down the flats i posted a clip of the of him absolutely trucking and arm stiffing player or stiff arming players into the ground out in the flats he's going to be somebody that's going to get designed a lot of easy touches uh similar to like what evan ingram was getting uh with jacksonville but brock bowers brings that physicality and he's to me a very very special prospect the yards after the catch ability to me is very special and he's going to get potentially drafted like a Herbert type of type of landing spot where I think that you can be drafting him potentially as like the tight end six tight end seven tight end eight in fantasy and I think that he's gonna be more consistent player than we've seen with these rookies just because the way that he was used back at Georgia I think my biggest struggle with Kyle Pitts plus Arthur Smith was that there were no gimmies there was no easy stuff it was not just the short receptions that could give him a four every single week, it was almost all or nothing. Yeah. And so you telling me that Brock Bowers, who I've not watched yet, um, can do intermediate and downfield. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can just bury people after the catch. Uh, that is fun. That is good to know. Okay. What about Malik neighbors? Hayden, I'll find where Ooh. he's being drafted right now. Uh, the 49th overall pick. He actually, no, he started as the 49th pick. He is now the 44th overall pick. He reminds me of Jamar Chase, and I think there's a chance he gets drafted that high. We've talked about this kind of fifth overall. Herbert, is it neighbors? Is it Bowers? Is, is it a tackle? The explosiveness is unreal to me. He's not as big as A.J. Brown, but Malik Neighbors has that like first step burst. He can win at the catch point. The back shoulder fades were a huge part of the LSU offense uh, with Jaden Daniels. But he can absorb contact for somebody of his size, and he is just an absolute menace out there. He has one of the best like first, second, third step burst that I can see at the position. Early declare LSU had all the pedigree. I think the landing spots are going to be really nice for him as well. Even if it's to the Giants, he would be like a 30% target share type of player immediately. I think he's going to step into the NFL and be one of the best wide receivers immediately. And I want to be drafting him that high to me, him and Marvin Harrison jr. Are absolute studs, top 10 NFL wide receivers, potentially in year one. I think that we should be prepared to draft both Marvin Harrison and Malik neighbors higher than we've drafted any rookie wide receiver in NFL history. That's the game that we're playing. And I don't want to be missing out on this dude. This dude to me is very special. Okay. We can't do many more of these because we save all of our isolated thoughts on prospects for our prospect videos. Wait till I bring the tape. <laughs> Wait till I bring the tape. That's and I don't want to hear part. all these things, these glowing remarks from Malik neighbors before I even get to watch them before we even record that video. We're going to have a bunch of those. 
by the way, for all of you out there. The only Malignapers thought I have. Okay. I've made two draft bets so far. We're doing it early this season. Okay. okay. Right now, Marvin Harrison Jr. is minus 400 to be the first non-quarterback drafted. Okay. okay. I actually think those odds are pretty decent. Um, I know it's crazy, but I also put a little tin sheet on Malik Neighbors at plus 7,500 <laughs> to be the first one off the board. Who knows what can happen from here and, mm-hmm. and then. But that is uh, those are crazy odds after I watched some Jane yes. Daniels tape. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I have Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison as top five overall grades. That's kind of how I do it. It's like where I would draft these guys. Um, I think Marvin Harrison's just the bigger, better pedigreed player, I guess. But the yards after the catch ability, to me, it's like two different Kind of sounds like A.J. Brown a little bit as like yes. this rumbling athlete who can work over the middle of the field yeah. and then also down the field in isolated yeah. coverage. He, my comp will most likely be Jamar Chase. Ooh, sounds good. All right. That does it. A little first look, first glance of what you can expect in these drafts. Obviously, you can be a part of them right now. Hit the link in the description down below. Go draft an underdog. I'm matching still your first deposit up to 100 mm-hmm. bucks. Uh, I also have, if you want, just like really quick notes on all the rookies I've been watching. But I'm not looking at this. The big stuff will be the one-on-one videos we do. We'll bring the tape and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. I, I've already, by the way, uh, you said you want to do 25 wide receiver prospects. I've already grinded 18 of them on the tape. <laughs> Some of us have an extra show each week. It's on you. <laughs> we to do. Um, okay. We'll be back here actually on Monday with some head coach, general manager, press conference love, what we can learn about those teams. And we'll have a whole bunch of new, interesting content during Super Bowl week. You might see some uh, NFL quarterbacks on this channel. Let's put it that way. All right. For Weaves, for Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Villa. We will. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.